Welcome to episode number 49 on the My Story Podcast. The My Story Podcast features interviews with interesting people who tell their stories and the life lessons they've learned along the way in order to inspire you to live a life of meaning and purpose. Hi, my name's Conrad Weaver. I'm so glad you stopped by to listen to today's podcast. Today on the show, I have my good friend, Abigail de Casanova. For more than 15 years, Abigail has styled some of the most recognized faces in media, fashion, and entertainment. She is an in-demand makeup artist who can be seen in the back halls at CNN, ABC News, Fox News, and on movie sets, theaters, and photo studios around the globe. I've had the privilege of working with her on a number of projects, and she is an absolute joy to have on the set. Stay tuned for her inspiring story, and we'll learn what motivates her to succeed in a very competitive business. Hey, if you enjoy the My Story podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And please share this episode with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. And now here's my interview with Abigail de Casanova. Abigail, welcome to the My Story podcast. Thank you so much. And congratulations on your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's good to see you. And it's been it's been a long time since we met. Yes. I mean, we met, I forget how many years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe even over. Yeah, maybe about 15, yeah. I would say. The DC fashionista. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Weren't you one of the founders of that? Or? I was, yeah, I was the founder of the DC fashionistas and uh, my brother uh, joined me as well on this project and it was definitely a labor of love. I'm so happy that we did it. I, you know, have a great relationship with, you know, like, Probably I still chat with 90% of the people that were in that group. Yeah, that was just a group of just people who were interested in fashion and fashion design and all that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. We had photographers, um, makeup artists, hairstylists, models, anyone that was interested in, in the industry. Yeah, I was able to join. Yeah. Well, I know you've had an interesting life so far. You're, you're still young, <laughs> so you've uh, got a long way to go. I want to go kind of dive into your past. Where'd you come from and, and how'd you get here and all that? Well, I was born in Peru. I came to the U.S. when I was 13 with my family, with my parents and my brother. Very close, very close family. Um, you know, the way I got here, it's, it's, uh, of course, all these stories are a little long, but I'll just try to make it short. You know, I always had a passion for fashion design first, and I started making clothes when I was 13. And um, my grandmother, who passed away over 20 years ago, she inspired me to do many things that I'm doing today. Um, she loved um, fashion and makeup and hair. And um, anytime I would bring something up to her, she would always encourage me to do more. And I just loved spending time with her. She was definitely my muse. So as the time went on, I decided to go to hair school when I was 18. And this was still in Peru? Is, you were this was in, in the U.S. In the it, US. Yeah, okay. it was here. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I went to hair school. And then um, uh, after while I was going to hair school, I realized that they needed a makeup artist for some of the shows. And I was like, I want to learn makeup. So I started doing makeup. And so after we graduated, after I graduated from both things, uh, from hair school and makeup school, 
um, I decided to, I applied for a, a program in Italy. So I went there for fashion design. Mm. Um, and when I came back, I decided to start my own line um, of jewelry and handbags. Um, and I got married. I started that. And that's when I started the DC Fashionista. That's mm. when we met. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, you know, that was sort of my, um, there's not really an easy road, you know, mm. that especially in our industry, mm-hmm. you kind of get there in so many different places. Um, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of, um, a lot of faith. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a while. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, speaking of hair, I could probably use some right now. Those look great. (laughs) I'm I'm losing quite a bit. I don't know. I always have blamed my kids, but they're not with me anymore here. So I can't blame them anymore. But uh, what age were you when you moved to the U.S.? I was 13. 13. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what was that like growing up in Peru? Um. I think, I mean, I had a great childhood. I think the only um, drawback was that I lived there while we had the Shining Path, the terrorist group Mm. there. So that was very challenging because safety was never, um, safety was always an issue. We Mm. couldn't really leave the house without thinking like where our stops were going to be, who we were going to meet. Um, It was, it was a very um, sad time. It was a very dark time in South America in, in, and in Peru in particular, we had um, drugs coming and going from Colombia to Peru. A lot, there were a lot of uh, deaths and Hmm. turmoil during that time, the government, everything. So I think the one big thing coming to the U S was the freedom that I had to just walk everywhere and mm-hmm. go any place without you felt safe. Kind of you felt absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, I think that was the big difference. Now I love my country. I think for me, Peru is always going to be home. Mm-hmm. It's always the place, not only where I grew up, but you know, where some of my family still is, uh, where, um, uh, Every time I look back and where I came from, it's like, that's exactly where I came from. You know, it's not, you know, I don't think um, so much as as the 15, 16, 17 year old me. I think more of like the seven year old me that used to make clothes on my, you know, on my, on my dolls and think of like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen to me in the future. You know, you had no idea that it would be this route, but it was, it it was a great, you know, I love my family. Everyone was very loving, caring. And of course, it's like I miss them a lot when I came. And I so like, you have you have a brother who I know he's a, he's a friend, and he's also a photographer, pretty successful yes. photographer. And, uh, so I think he did. He uh, he hired me to do some work for him one time. He, he yes. was in Florida, and I was mm-hmm. he was needing had a client here in DC, and uh-huh. I did some shooting for him. So that was fun. Yes, yeah, we always think fondly of you. We're always yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So you, you came here, you were 13, you went through your teen years here, you mm-hmm. got into, into fashion and all that. Where did it kind of turn to more focusing on, on just kind of working as a makeup artist and really a makeup artist that's in high demand? I think I was in the industry and kind of trying to figure things out and seeing, you know, because there's so many areas in the, in the industry and, I remember first I was working, you know, in the in the beauty counters, and then I started working. Well, I started working at Sephora, and then repping uh, for Chanel, and then. But I think it was just sort of like more into the sales area of the industry. I'm trying to think exactly how you know it all evolved. I think 
but I started doing fashion shows. That's what I started doing, mm-hmm. just smaller fashion shows and um, kind of shadowing people that I admire. And I think that was like my big, like the big difference. Um, that's what changed everything for me, just sticking to people that I really admire in different ways. I started picking out mentors in different things that I thought I really needed. So I picked out, well, you know, Jackie, Jackie Davis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was one of my mentors. You know, I, I always admire her hair work and, you know, she was the person that was like closer to me. We became friends. I worked in her salon, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. before I even started doing any of this. So I always tell her she was my boss. And then at the DC fashion, she says, I was her boss. Like we always <laughs> joke around, but we, I mean, we're really great friends. So, you know, I think that's, that's usually how it happens. You know, you find people that you admire and you listen to them. Mm-hmm. And you listen to what they think should be your next steps. Mm-hmm. So getting involved in fashion shows and doing more things, I think it just sort of um, opened different doors. And, you know, to just meeting other people that were doing other things. I always tell people, it's like, there's nothing that is going to happen if you don't show up. Right. You have mm-hmm. to show up. You have to be available. You have to be willing to do things. And for many years, I did so many things for free, including the DC Fashionista. Like I said, it was a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we ended up getting sponsors for that. Um, and even the plays, you know, when we, you know, when we had it at the park for like a couple of years, it, they were sponsoring us. Right. So I think, you know, a lot of times you do all these things because your heart just tells you to do them mm-hmm. until I got to the point when I was exhausted, I was worn out. And my brother sat me down, of course, you know, you, I mean, you know, my brother, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sat me down and he said, do you want to do this for the rest of your life? And I said, I really do. I love what I do. And he was like, well, then you need to change your mindset and you need to think of this as a business. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, but you know, I'm an artist and I love what I do. And I was it for free for the rest of my life. He was like, yeah, but you're going to start to pay the bills that way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because as artists, that was our big thing. We were thinking that we love the art and, you know, and, you know, that's so, something that I've had to work on in my business. And, yes. you know, I'm an artist, you know, digital artist, you know, tell stories. And over the last few years, I've really had to start focusing in on, okay, if I want to continue this and I want to continue mm-hmm. to, to live the way I like to live, then I've okay. got to figure out a way how to turn this art into a business mm-hmm. and be, get a return. And I have a friend of mine who has been on the podcast and he's a business, a very successful business leader. And he challenged me to you know, well, what, what kind of money do you want to make next year? What kind of, you know, what kind of, you know, income do you want to have? Let's set some goals and let's move toward that. Instead of me exactly. just, Hey, let's make a cool film. Let's tell a great story. <laughs> you know, it's fun, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because it feeds our soul. And that's the thing that people don't understand that the art, the artist. Um, needs to have that in order to survive. Otherwise, we feel like we're dead. Yeah. Like if we're not doing a project or we're not working on something, our heart just feels empty. Mm-hmm. And just marrying that with the business side is what can make you really successful. Right. You know, and I think if you want to take that step, in, in the end, it's not even about the success. It's about staying in in the business, staying, you know, doing what you love, mm-hmm. you know, and and that, that was a, that was a big thing for me. I mean, I had to get some tough love, Conrad. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to, I really had to grow into the person that my business needed. And I'm still in the process. I mean, like every day I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really bad at this. Like mm-hmm. I really need to like fix this up. It's, 
yeah, you know, how, how do you deal with some of that self-talk that those thoughts that come in your way and that, that make you think that you're not, you're kind of a poser, you know? <laughs> I mm -hmm. mean, sometimes I get those thoughts like, you know, am I really this filmmaker? Do I really know how to, do, do I know what I'm doing? Oftentimes mm -hmm. I don't, you know? <laughs> right. Cause we learn on the way. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think the way I see it is like, look, I've come this far. I have to just keep doing it, whatever it is. Like, it's not, you know, it, I don't, I don't give myself options. You know, I just say, this is what I need to be doing now. And this is what I'm going to do. And I don't let, I don't allow the mind game to, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of move, you know, um, I always think that um, you are, you know, given an opportunity for a reason, hmm. you know, that sometimes we think that we're not good enough to do certain things. And it happens to me often. I mean, like even for this podcast, I'm like, is my English good enough? <laughs> is my, you know, are people going to understand? It's what I'm saying going to come. But it doesn't really matter. Sometimes you just have to do it, you right. know, and. And that's all it takes. I mean, you know, like, again, you just have to show up. And somebody wants you to do this amazing film and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know if we have the resources or this or that. You just make it happen. You just call people. You ask for support, ask for help. That's all you can do. And that's what you can't be afraid of is asking for help, is reaching out mm -hmm. to people that have had the experience that have, you know, understand what it takes to get something done, you know. And, and sometimes you just have to take a risk. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. creating a community. And that was the big thing with the fashionistas. It's like creating a community where you feel supported is everything. You know, when I tell, when people ask me, especially that people are just starting out in this industry, like, what do you think is important? Like you have to create your tribe. You have to create your community, the people that you trust. And the only way that you can do that is when you're willing to give. You know, when, to, when you're willing to give your time, when you're willing to give your attention to other people's projects as much as yours, you know, this is not about you. It's like, if, I mean, and you know, Conrad, we've been on this for a while now, and you know that we have to stick with each other. And 2020 has been a lot about that, you know? Mm -hmm. It has been like, you know what, guys, everything will be okay. We're going to get through this hurdle. You, we just have to get past this mountain and we'll be good, you know, and just, you know, be, and we'll be okay, you know, but I think just having that family and I, and I tell people a lot, you know, there's a lot, I'm like, you create your own industry family, you know, you create the people that you have, you know, mutual values and they share, they share your values and your dreams and everybody wants the same thing. You know, everybody wants to have a happy family in a happy relationships. They want their kids to be good. They want not, not, they, they don't want to have to worry about like basic bills. All of us have the same needs, you know? So as long as we stick together, it just makes us stronger. Right. right. So I think that's the thing. When you have a fear, you share it. I, I mean, I think you've seen me because I have said like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I hope I can do it. I'll reach out and say, hey guys, please pray for me because I don't know what I'm going to do with this. It's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, you know, you kind of have to lose that ego. That ego doesn't, doesn't play any part, you know, when you want to do bigger things. It doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. It's like, you know, forget about your ego. It's not about you. It's right. about the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm kind of a glutton for, for stories about Mount Everest. Mount Everest is you know, the <laughs> tallest mountain in, yes. the, in the world. And I've, I've watched so many movies and now I'm watching all these YouTube videos 
And I was watching something the other night and they were talking about the team. You know, mm -hmm. these two guys were going to climb Mount Everest without oxygen, without t oxygen tanks, and which is very, mm -hmm. very difficult to do. And they couldn't do it without their Sherpas who were there to provide support and to provide, mm -hmm. you know, to carry their stuff and to, to, it really took that team. It, you know, one guy alone can't climb Mount Everest. Yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible. You just can't do that. But it requires that teamwork to get to the top. And they all share in that excitement and success of, you know, exactly. of the climb. And I think that's that way in business. I look at, okay, I'm kind of a solopreneur. You know, I'm, I work by myself. <laughs> Here I am in my studio by myself. But it's all the people around me, people like you who I've hired to do work for me, uh, you know, mm -hmm. clients that have paid me to do their, it's these people that are my team. Right. That have enabled right. me to get to where I am today. Exactly. And I think exactly. there's no one who does something successful without people around them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we really need to also learn, you know, to give, but also to receive. You know, and I had a long conversation with one of my girlfriends last night about being able to, you know, say how you feel and also receive, you know, when you're down, when you don't feel well, when, when you feel like something is not working, you know, receive everything, receive, you know, words of kindness, receive advice, receive everything, because we don't know it all. It's like, we're kind of always navigating through unknown waters, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's always like that. It's like yeah. we get into something and sometimes we, we're not sure if we're on the right steps, but, you know, just being able to receive things that are given to us with love and, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a big, and even from people that are close to us, you know, like our partners and, you know, our kids, you know, I don't have kids, but, you know, it's like, I, I know that, you know, for some people, it's like their kids are, are, are like their drive, you know, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes just giving small advice and being like that, you're working too much, mm -hmm. you know, which I have told my own father, like, <laughs> that you need to take a break. Like, you know, I know that you love to do this and that, but please listen to me. Like, you know, and just him receiving that because he knows it's out of love. It just made a lot of difference in the house and in his work, you know? Mm -hmm. So what do you think? What motivates you towards success? I think just a sense of wonder. Like I always wonder what's next, you know? I think that would be like my big motivator. I mean, like I can't say it's money because it's not, you know? It's like, I mean, I think money is great. I, you know, I love that it gives you opportunity to do many things, but that's not really my motivation. My motivation is always wondering what can happen? Like, what can happen if we come together and do this? You know, what happens if we help someone to get to this other level? So just always having that sense of wonder, I think that's what always, you know, always drives me. I'm always wondering what's going to happen next. And I'm excited about it. And I'm like, even if it crashes, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just like excited with the process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I always think, you know, it's, yeah, I think that part. And that curiosity of, mm -hmm. of what's next, I think, is uh -huh. a big part for me because I'm always thinking about what's next. Uh -huh. You know, I'm in the middle of a big documentary work right now and I'm already thinking, okay, what's after that? What, what's the next thing? And I kind of always set these, you know, okay, in February, I know I'm going to go here in March. I'm going to go there. I'm always uh -huh. looking, okay, what's the, and, and, and I love oh, adventures. Yes. And sometimes my <laughs> wife is like, you got to travel again? Really? You know, and I'm like, yes, I get to go someplace. You know? Go somewhere. I know, exactly. <laughs> See new things. Right. <laughs> what, uh, I know you've done uh, quite a bit of traveling. 
What's one of the, <laughs> what's one of your favorite places you've been to around the world? Well, I think India is definitely on my top place. I love, love, love India. I haven't love been India. yet. So it's, it's on my list. I think to me, it was, you know, I think I love it because I actually went there. Like there was something calling me to go for yeah. like five years. I was like, I really need to go. I really need to go. Uh, when I went, it was that place where I had the time and everything surrounding me it was like so magical in a way. I was able to sort of let go everything that I was probably like that I was dragging from my past, mm. you know, every little thing, things that maybe I had not forgiven fully past fears, past everything. Like, I think I came back and I just felt, you know, I felt renewed. I felt stronger. I felt more determined. I think that was a turning point for me going to India for mm -hmm. sure. What's mm -hmm. a, a, perhaps a challenge or difficulty that you overcame that really helped shape who you are today? I think my divorce was a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. I think my divorce was probably the hardest things I ever had to go through. Mm -hmm. I think it was a very painful experience, but I think it taught me a lot. Like I, my, my, my ex-husband and I were still very good friends. Mm -hmm. We're very good friends. I mean, I got divorced like 10 years ago mm -hmm. and we're very good friends. I love him very much. I know he loves me very much. We have a great relationship, but I think it was like the big lesson of that. Some, that sometimes love in a marriage is not enough, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. love is not enough. It takes a lot more than that. Um, I think it was a lesson for me to see that um, I had things I needed to work on also myself, you know, that it's not about that person and you can, you can always assume that that person is, you know, sometimes it's like we always tend to blame other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was the big lesson for me to always take personal responsibility for everything I do and not just in marriage, but everything, you know, just, everything in life, just to know that before I point the finger, I have to think of like, what did I do wrong? Like, I know that I should have done this differently and not in a, in a like self beating up kind of way, but more like just have that introspective, you know, time, you know, and be like, okay, well, that's introspection, you know, say, well, you know, like I did this and maybe the way I said things weren't the best way, or maybe the way I acted in a certain situation should have been better thought of or you know, so I think that was a big, big lesson for me. Hmm. Definitely. So I'm really curious who is, and you've met a lot of famous people and you've done makeup <laughs> for a lot of famous people. Who's, who's one person that you've uh, been able to work with that you were really excited to meet and to work with? Well, I mean, there's been several people, you know what? I'm really, really bad with names, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm terrible with names, Conrad, I have to say. But um, meeting Kennedy, John Kennedy's daughter, it was a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think she was very gracious. I met her briefly. And I think just having like small, short conversations, you know, with people that I work with is what changes everything. You know, I like I'm trying to like backtrack and, and think of like certain people. But like, I mean, what I can tell you, like, without naming the actual names, you know, like I think, for example, like Oscar winning actresses talking to me about their struggles uh, with their parents having Alzheimer's, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and how they had to deal with that. Or, or, you know, another actor is telling me how she was old. She had been worried for years about her son being, in, you know, into drugs mm. 
or, you know, just things like that. I think more than the actual person, I think just the stories behind them is what drives me, mm-hmm. you know? I think just how being do those, part how of How do those that. conversations happen? I guess you're doing their makeup or something like that. <laughs> it, it's just yes. those kind of kind of conversations just kind of evolve and, and yeah I mean I think they're so used to just because we're, we 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 kind of invade their personal space sure. in a way <laughs> you know you're painting their face we're like right day. there yeah. exactly <laughs> we're right there and I think that we can sense when they're either tired or you know I mean they travel a lot I mm. mean you know that it's like they always travel they're always on the go they have very busy lives and I think sometimes when they just sit on your chair it's like that's their downtime mm. you know uh, you know, sometimes they're still on the phone. And they can doing kind of relax and kind of. They can just themselves. relax. Exactly. And just be like, you know what? It's like, I had to take this like very early flight and, you know, I'm, 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 I've been sick or I'm worried or I have surgery coming up or I, or I'm getting divorced or I just found this out. And I think they just can, you know, I think it just creates that bubble where they know that they can trust you. And it's not like every time, because sometimes it's like people can be like, you know, they, they just want their own space. And you have to be able to read that, sure, read into that. Sure. And, you know, kind of just go with their own flow. But, yeah. you know, many times they tell you things that you would never even imagine. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's like, you know, people always say, oh, people should like write a book, you know, hairstyles and makeup. I was like, no, we don't. We don't need to write anything. <laughs> we need to keep this under wraps. <laughs> you know, well, who, because- would, who would want to hire you then, right? No, exactly. Exactly. And I think these are such personal things that I think it makes us grow as artists, you know, because it feels special when somebody just shares something with you, Mm -hmm. you know, just in general. They don't even need to be actresses or anything. It could be, you know, I mean, sometimes like, for example, when I do weddings and I see the father of the bride looking at the bride, you know, Oh my gosh, it's like that's waterworks. Like <laughs> that's definitely like, you know, the moment where I start like shedding tears because it's always so emotional, mm-hmm. you know, and just just being part of special moments. I think that's what it's amazing about, you know, this industry, you mm-hmm. know. We're part of so many things in people's lives in a different way. And I love that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you've done work for Fox News and for for CNN and for a variety of you know big networks like that. Yeah, for ABC. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, being in news is definitely interesting. Because you got early mornings, right? <laughs> well, I mean, we have early mornings and late nights. Okay. I mean, sometimes I start at three in the morning and I I finish like at midnight. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm doing like shifts in different places mm-hmm. at different times. Um, Thank God it hasn't been every day, you know, but a lot of times, a lot of days you do that. But I think just seeing different perspectives or what people say, you know, it's interesting because sometimes you see one, you watch one thing and then you go two hours later, you're watching something completely different mm-hmm. and you're like, we live in two different worlds here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I always, you know, enjoy watching your posts on Facebook and different places you go and different things you're doing and different people you've met and that's always fun to see and and to, uh, to 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 realize that man I've had you on my set and you know working on my people that I'm filming that that's just pretty cool <laughs> and, and if you're out there and you're a filmmaker and you need the number one makeup artist Abigail is the, the one to get so. <laughs> thank you so much thank uh, you how has COVID the year of COVID impacted you and your in your work well I mean. I actually came from a trip. Um, I was in Southeast Asia and I found out that my mom had cancer. Mm. She had lung cancer. And so I 
you know, it was like probably my last three days. I was in, in Thailand during that time. And when I found out and I came back to the U.S. and I had to um, quarantine for two weeks mm-hmm. before coming to Florida to see her. That was tough because my mom was getting, you know, surgery like while I was not there. Mm-hmm. So that was really tough. And then I came and I sort of just stayed here in Florida. So I've been in Florida pretty much since March. Mm-hmm. So COVID was, you know, I think in a way for me personally, it has been a blessing because I was able to stay with my mom. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about work. I didn't have to worry about rushing back and doing things. So for me, it was a, it was sort of a nice break. You know, to just kind of reassess all the things that I have been doing. I went back in September and did some work. I was really busy for about 10, 11 days that I was there. And, you know, and every time, like when I've had to go back, they've always called me for work. Thank God. I mean, like, so I'm always thinking, okay, like, hopefully work is there when I go back (laughs) and, you know, do something. So it's in that sense, it's been good. It's been um, tough because I don't want to risk anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not just about me and my business, but because we're so close to people and, you know, I mean, the distance is yeah, like, yeah. you know, we're like right there in people's faces yeah. pretty much. And they can't wear a mask. You can, but they can't. <laughs> exactly. So I just always want to provide like the almost safety. So pretty much like, well, we've, you know, we've been dealing with COVID. I just decided to revamp like my whole kid. I revamped my whole kid. I revamped, um, I'm rebranding my business, getting everything sort of like new and fresh and things that we haven't been, you know, it's like when you don't have a break, you're like on the go all the time. Right. So you, you know, you're so exhausted. Mm-hmm. There are so many things you don't even want to think about. Cause you're only so, focusing on what's important and what's in front of next you. Next day, of, yeah. week after, month after, like you can't, you don't really have that break to just sit down and, rearrange things that you know could be done better. So I think that's what COVID has given me the opportunity to just, you know, sit down. Um, I kind of put my, my home office here together, which was nice because while I was in DC, I never really had a home office. So I'm planning to just take everything when I go back from possibly in April, just take it back. So that was nice because I had time to buy stuff and get online and do research. So that, you know, I think overall, and take classes. I'm taking like all the classes I could take, you know, and that has been nice. You know, I think the industry itself has got hit really hard. Right, you know, right. it definitely has had a hard hit. But maybe like my positive, you know, spirit, like I always think that, you know, we'll be fine. I think that things will pick up slowly, but mm-hmm. we'll be good, you know. And um, I think this has been for me also personally, I think it has, it has been also time to just hold on to my faith. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've spoken about this, mm-hmm. you know, before, you know, it's just sort of like I surrender. I'll just let God do whatever he thinks is best. Like, you know, always have and just continue to do that. Like, you know, in that sense, it's like, I'm not worried about work because I know that, you know, when things are meant to happen, they will. And, you know, it'll be the safest for everyone. And, that's pretty much, you know, and that I don't, you know, I don't want to think too much into it because I have no control over this. Right. So we, none of us do. So I've often yeah. wondered how people who don't have a faith in God or, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, how they go through this. I have no idea. I can't imagine. I have, I have no idea. I mean, I could sense desperation on many people for many reasons and many things are very, are definitely desperate situations, you know, but I have no idea what 
you know, what people do without faith. Now, of course, everybody, you know, I mean, like, you know, you can believe or not believe mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I totally get that. I'm very respectful of people's, you know, like opinions and religious, view, religious mm-hmm. views and everything. You know, I just think like for me, it's been my rock. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kept me together in the worst of times. And that that is what has given me um, joy in the best of times. Because mm-hmm. I know that it's not coming from me. Like anytime, mm-hmm. anytime anything that happens, it's not because... You know, yes, I put in work and yes, it was long hours, but it wasn't so much like my effort, but it was the grace of God that was, uh, that gave me that opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, that was able to put me in the radar of those people that hire me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many artists and that's the thing, Conrad, I mean, with this, with this industry, it's so competitive right. and there's so many people, you know, um, you know, and people can hire anyone they want to, mm-hmm. you know, and when they come and never take anything for granted. I don't take any, any clients. I don't take any project. I don't take any job for granted because to me, it's like, I really feel grateful that they're, you know, trusting me with their project, with their work. And that's the way I always want to see it, you know, like here, you know, until I end this career, which I don't think I'll ever do, you know, it's like, it's not, you know, to me, it's like, I feel like I'm in the right place. I think that's what feels like a blessing that I feel like since I was a kid, it was always that journey of being here. And, you know, when I think about where it began and, and where I am, it's like, I only see all these steps full of so much grace and love that God has given me every single time to me exactly the right person that I needed to meet at exactly the right time, exactly the right project and the opportunity in all the people around me. I feel so loved and so blessed that it's like, there's nothing else I could ask. I mean, even during COVID times, I'm like, I'm already so blessed. It's like, even if things go wrong, oh, well, you know, what are we going to do? You know? So that's, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Wow. And all the things that you've done and experienced and your travels and the people you've met and talked to, what are some of the big life lessons that you've learned? And you've kind of kind of talked a little bit about some of these, but what are some of the big mm-hmm. life lessons that maybe have shaped who you are today or what or who have guided you along the way? I think, you know, the biggest one was um, surrender, you know, surrender, um, to be grateful, to be grateful. Also to just like process any feelings that I have you know, not to hold anything back. Just if I feel scared or if I feel, you know, sad, just process, you know, just go through the process. Don't hide it because it always stays with you. Like it never lets you go. It's like these things never let you go unless you let them go. Being grateful is a big thing. I think, you know, those are like my biggest life lessons, you know, um, being the moment. I think sometimes we go through um, experiences in like even COVID is like just being in the moment, just live right now, just live today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Like live today. You can plan, but there's a lot of things. I mean, we know sometimes you plan certain things and everything just going to shop. Like you can plan, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to happen. You just have to live in the moment and just cherish everything, you know, just hug your, your, your family, your, your wife, your, husband, your kids, your, you know, like in my case, my parents, like every time I get a chance, it's like, you know, I, I, I try to acknowledge like what a blessing it is for me to have them with me. And now it's like that I get a chance to spend time with them. It's like, I'm changing every moment, you know, like 
we play cards with my mom, we go to the beach, you know, like whatever it takes just to spend some quality. I mean, even here at home, just watching movies, talking, doing nothing, it's perfect, you know? So I think just being in the moment, you know, I think that's, that's, that's mostly what I've learned. And also another thing is that sometimes we think other people want different things, you know, and then the more you travel, the more you realize we all want the same thing, like I mentioned before, you know? So it's like, don't assume that you know someone by a phrase they say or something they said, like really get to know them before you, you know, we shouldn't judge, but before you make a decision of whether or not to continue to be friends with them, just get to know them, you know? I think that's sometimes what's missing in our culture today is we're so quick to shout out on social media Mm -hmm. to give our opinion and our feedback. And we don't take enough time to really get to know someone. Mm -hmm. You know, I have friends that are on all different scales of the political spectrum. I love every one of them. Yes. You know, and I would Mm -hmm. never unfriend them just because they made some political statement that I don't agree with. Right. You know, right. we're friends that we're beyond politics and, you know, your ideas may be different than mine. I'm still going to appreciate you and love you because you're a human being. Exactly. And I think if something is not like sitting right, just having that trust, you know, with your friends to talk it out and sure. say, well, how do you feel? Why do you feel this way? Let's talk about this. You know, I've had really hard talks, you know, especially this past four mm-hmm. years with certain friends and it's okay. Like, I'm like, you know what? Okay. I see what you're saying. Like, I just want you to know how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it just opens up that, you know, that communication to be Mm -hmm. like, okay, I could see your point and I'm going to be more mindful of certain things I'm posting or doing because I don't want to hurt you. And I know you don't want to hurt me because we're both in this, you know, in this bad situation, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're going through, all of this array of emotions, we don't want to make things worse. You know, we just want to help each other. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, I had uh, Ryan Van Duzer on the show and he's a YouTuber out of Colorado. He rides his bike everywhere. He's done, has, you know, a whole bunch of followers on YouTube and he's really growing an audience there. And he said something about his trip across America a couple of weeks ago, a couple of years ago, where he rode his bicycle across America. And he said, people are amazing. He said all different kinds of people, you know, helped him out. They gave him rides or they gave him food, gave him a place to stay. He said, people mm-hmm. are really super nice. And the media has kind of portrayed this division among us that we're all, we all hate each other and that we're all against each other. But he said, really, America is a really pretty cool place because we, there are some great people out there in our country and in our, in our world. And I ha- would have to agree. Absolutely. So in your, you've met, like I said earlier, you've met all kinds of different people and you've Mm -hmm. had all kinds of conversations with, you know, famous people and not so famous people. And, and (laughs) you've done all these things. Would you say that all all of us are basically the same in a way? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think we're always like a product of our upbringing as well. And I think that you know, sometimes when you just understand, when you just take a moment to understand where people came from and how they grew up and what they were exposed to, then you can, in a way, understand why they think the way they think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the key. You know, like I'm not going to think the same way that, for example, like a, a, a woman that was, that was born here, you know, and, you know, she had different um, upbringing or she had different privileges or she, you know, 
I, I don't expect her to understand where I came from because my reality was different. Like my, the struggle that I had since I was a kid in coming to this country, you know, it's a whole different um, life. And I don't expect them to understand. I just expect them to um, be mindful that if they say something, then it might hurt other people, you know? And, and sometimes you just ask, you know? I mean, a lot of times when I'm wondering, I just ask, you know, with different friends of different races, of different upbringings. Like, I don't assume that I know the reality. And I always think that that's the bottom line. As long as you don't assume that you know how other people have been brought up, then you can get their story and see where they come from, you know? Mm. And then you realize we all want the same things, you know, yeah. we all want just to be like happy and be fine, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> bottom line. <laughs> so when the movie is made about your life, what will mm -hmm. the log line be? I don't know. I think living by faith, like always living by faith or living by faith step by, like every day. Since I was born, my family has always lived by faith, even before I was born mm -hmm. and throughout my life. And the more I see it, the more I realize that that's exactly what has got us through and what has made good things happen. You know, just faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, just having the faith and just trusting that God has everything in his hands. Like, I remember Conrad, when I when I uh, left, and I think I told you this before, when I left the, the courthouse, when I had... Um, when I established my business and I had my business license, when I left it, I had like, I just held my, my, my business license and I just prayed. And I was like, God, you know what? I have no idea where you're going to take me with this. It's like, that's just something I want to do. And you know how much I want to do this. I have no idea where you're going to take this and where you're going to take me. Just take me wherever you want to take me. I'm not even going to question anything. And I haven't. Mm -hmm. Not one time have I ever questioned why I'm doing this or where did I get this? nothing and to me I think that's the basis of so many things in life you know that you have to just stop questioning and just when you live by faith and stop questioning that's when God gives you 20 million things that you never even expected in life you know in experience a life that is so beyond like your wildest dreams you know like when things happen to you and you have no idea how you got there and you're like how could I even get this? How could I even meet this person? Why was I here today? Like, how come I can see this amazing sunrise in India or why? I, and, and then you realize that God had was, in, in my case, it's like, I feel like God had created this whole life for me and I don't want to be in the way of my blessings, mm -hmm. you know? Because I think we can, like we are feared with questioning everything. We can be in the way of our blessings and that's what I don't want to be. I want to be like, okay, you know what? You got this. <laughs> it's fine. Yes. So I'm going to ask you a, a, a little makeup tip. Yes. So when you're hired to do makeup for whoever, mm -hmm. what's your, what, what's your goal when you work with a, with a client, what's your goal? I want them to make them look like themselves, but just with a nice touch, you know, like I, I want them to still look like themselves, but I want them to have like a polished version of themselves. And of course, depending on the job. But for example, in DC, nobody wants to look like they have makeup on. Sure. You know, everybody wants to look still natural, but they don't want to look shiny. They want their eyes to pop. They want a very natural lipstick. Um, and I think that's where 
the clue is. A lot of artists, they just want something crazy and that artistic. And we can do that. I mean, there's a lot of ways we can do that, but not on clients. You know, clients usually just want something fresh. They want to look beautiful. Um, you know, and I think that's what I want. I always want them to look like themselves. And if they want a little bit more drama, a little bit <laughs> more, we can always give them all they want. You know, I can just Sky's take it the to limit that. there. Huh? That's the limit. But, you know, but for me, I think just have them look like themselves. I think that's, that's the, the key, you know, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always fun to work with you when you come to you. you know projects that I'm doing, and I, I'm sure that uh, I'll be calling you again sometime <laughs> as soon as we can start doing things again in, yes. in that world. Uh, yes. So, what's the next big thing for you? Um, well, I'm going to just go back and see what is open, what is happening, and um, I'm trying to um, possibly I'm working on a project, and it's um, it's sort of a something that I had already thought about before um, COVID started. Actually, it was like probably the middle of 2019. I wanted to be able to create um, a group, maybe just a very small group that of volunteers that can help women that have not had a job for about three, four months, you know, and get them ready, you know, do their hair and makeup before their interviews. Mm. So they can feel really, really confident, you know, that they can, get the job or just kind of go for it. And, um, I, um, you know, I thought about it and it just kind of stuck with me and I went on my trip and like I said, I came back into, you know, to COVID. So now I feel like it's even more important than ever, mm-hmm. you know? So I've been working on that and I've been working with Jorge, you know, to try to see with my brother, to try to see how we can uh, create something, um, for after, you know, once we can come out, mm-hmm. you know, of, mm-hmm. of this. And because there's going to be a lot of unemployment. Yeah. A lot of people are going to be unemployed. People are going to be looking for work. And I think it's more important than ever mm-hmm. to give back to our communities with whatever talent we may have. Sure. Or without however way we can help. Mm-hmm. And I think in my, in, my, uh, in my case, that's one of the things we can do or we can do headshots, you know. And I was going to say, if you, if you need a photographer in the DC area, you call me. I'd be happy to come do Thank headshots you. with that. Thank you so much, Conrad. Right. Thank you. Yes, we're, we're trying to put something together with Jorge, probably like, you know, once we start, see how that goes. I've, I've you know, gotten some um, information. Hopefully we can get some like sponsors that can help us, you know, mm-hmm. put together some kits for our makeup and, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that's, that's um, the beauty of being in an industry like this. That I feel like we have certain things. We are in the industry where we can make people feel good. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think that when people, when a woman looks good, when she feels like she feels pretty, like, you know, she, she can conquer anything, sure. you know, she, and, and, and even men, it's like, you know, you just happen to walk in front of, you know, your mirror and you're like, Oh, this looks nice. You know, it just gives you that, that confidence. Sure. And I think it's very emotional and it's very, it's a very good thing to do um, at this moment. So I want to also focus on that and see how we can give back. Um, that's, you know, I mean, that's pretty much what I've been working on now. I would love to eventually, you know, just do more international work mm-hmm. or, um, you know, projects in different countries, photo shoots. That's definitely like in the works whenever, you know, um, that comes. But, you know, more movies, you know, mm-hmm. now I got into the union on in January. Oh, good for you. So hopefully I'll be doing more like films. Fun. I think a lot of things to look forward to in... And just having the ability, as I said, to help and to 
just kind of share the blessings, you know, I feel very blessed. Mm-hmm. So I think just, you know, sharing those blessings or whatever I can, I think that's what my future holds, you know, I don't know. Again, who knows where God is going to take me. You know? <laughs> Well, find well, I out. think that's a great that, that's a great way to end this. Who knows where God's going to take me? I think that's exactly a, that, that, that's the thing that all of us could probably say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, it's been just a real pleasure talking to you and to hearing your Thank story you so and, and to uh, just to hear what you've been up to and and I really wish you the very best. And, uh, thank you so much, Conrad. Me too. Yeah. Wishing you the best with your podcast. This is really cool. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having me. Thanks, Abigail, for your time and for telling us your story. I only wish you had a magic potion in that bag of yours to add some hair to my head. (laughs) I'm only kidding, of course. I wish you the very best this year as you're starting back to work and making people look beautiful. Next time on the My Story podcast is a very special milestone for the show. It'll be my 50th episode. It's hard to believe I've already hit 50. And to celebrate this milestone, I'm bringing back my good friend, Linda Ellis. Linda is the CEO of Capital Concierge, and she was the very first interview I had on the show. And so I thought it appropriate to bring her back to talk about managing her company during COVID. So be sure to come back to listen to her story next time. If you enjoy what you hear on the show, please leave a review and a rating. This lets me know what you like and how I can improve the show. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. The music on today's show is from my friend Drew Davidson. You can get all of his music on iTunes or Spotify or at drewdavidson.com. Thanks for listening today, and I'll talk to you again next time on the My Story Podcast. Podcast.